Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode number 95. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me as always, my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella, Titanium One. It's here. Wakanda Forever is here. It's not forever, but it's here. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to do a big review. Spoilers ahead, ladies and germs. Um, We're definitely going to spoil the shit out of this. Uh, We got some exciting things to talk about. Plus, hopefully, I don't know, usually I have to give the professor props for calling something, you know, six months ago, three months ago, a year and a half ago, which he usually does. Um, but I think the titanium got one right this time, right? I think we, you got a big one, right? But I, I think we both got a lot of the predictions, yeah. right? That yeah. we, what we thought this movie was going to be. Agree. Um, and what was going to happen. I think we've, we've talked about a number of things, um, previously that ended up happening in this movie. And, and one of the big ones that you predicted a long time ago. So yeah, absolutely. We'll get into spoilers, it. spoilers, spoilers, run and hide. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, I don't know who hasn't. Uh, we, we can talk about the box office, what it's doing right now, but it's it's crushing it. So, um, Professor, let's get this going. All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, we want a couple things I want to discuss first. First, uh, I want to invite those of you who haven't already joined to join our patron. Uh, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash super talk is how you become a member. Uh, you support the show directly. If you listen to our podcast, you really like what we do. Hey, all you do is join the patronship and then you donate a dollar every time we come out with an episode and it really helps out the show. So we really appreciate if any of you want to do that. We really invite you guys to, to join the patronship. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. And also, uh, let's talk about Guapos a little bit. That's now uh, pretty much nailed down. Fairfax, Virginia. Guapos in Fair Lakes, Virginia on December 26th at 1 o'clock at Guapos. Uh, come share a margarita with us, um, and uh, we're going to do a live recording there. We're going to have a few giveaways, uh, you know, some munchies here and there, so it'll be fun. It'll be very cool. They're talking about maybe doing a happy hour special for us, so hello. Uh, I ho- Hopefully, you don't have to work on, on Monday the 26th, but come day after Christmas, come out and see us and enjoy the show and yeah, grab some goodies. We're celebrating our 100th episode uh, with, with a live recording uh, the day after Christmas, so Holy yeah, cow. please come join us. Uh, uh, I, titanium's talking about, you know, free margaritas and stuff, you know, there, there, there's definitely going to be some beverages consumed and, and super talk's going to definitely contribute to that for sure. Yeah. And we got some treats. Depends on how many of you join the patron. That's right. And that's the right. more people that join the patron, the then, bigger the tab will be. And then, then we can <laughs> have a bigger tab. All right. Well, let's jump into our reviews. Uh, we do have, uh, before we get into the big review, which is Wakanda forever, we do have, uh, we want to talk about, uh, Titans episode three which came out this past week. Uh, again, we reviewed the first two episodes of the new season last week. Um, and then episode three came out Thursday night. Uh, did you get a chance to watch it? I know yeah. as of Friday you had not. Yeah, I watched it. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, look, uh, what I'm going to say about this show in, in general is it really is well done. I think it's one of the better things that DC has put out over the last few years. I think the casting is really good. The characters they've chosen for this show, 
um, are awesome and they're you know core yeah. members of, of Titans and Team Titans and, and the history of the Titans in the comic books. Uh, we're getting into some really cool stuff this season with the Church of Blood and Brother Blood and Mother Mayhem and Lex Luthor, which we assume he's not officially gone. But this episode really kind of introduced a new character, which I was excited to see, uh, Jinx. And if you guys remember, Jinx is a, is, a, is a Titan kind of antagonist from the comic books. Um, she's a, a, got magic-based powers. Um, her and, and Nightwing have had some history in the past, uh, both you know in all kinds of comic book history as well as in, in the show here. They, they allude to it. Um, but they introduce her as a new character um, on the show this season, uh, she's not. She's definitely a villain. So I, I will, you know, say tread cautiously. And I think the Titans are figuring out that she's somebody they can't fully trust. Correct. Um, but uh, uh, Nightwing and 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 uh, Coriander go and find her to to solicit her help because they know that something supernatural is going on and maybe she can help. Um, and I thought that was a great part of the episode, bringing her in. Yeah, the storyline is excellent. This is right behind Peacemaker for me as far as what uh, DC has done for the for the small screen, for sure. I, th- I think it's really good. Um, a very different tone than Peacemaker, though. M- much different tone. Yeah, it, this it's, is it's dark much different. and yeah. creepy and violent and Very violent. And, you know, very pe- violent. Peacemaker is more of a... They'll blow somebody's head off but then laugh about it. This yeah. is like, you know, they're showing some pretty... A guy stabs himself in the eyes with scissors this episode, and it was so graphic. Graphic. That was crazy. Yeah, um, I like it though. It's it's moving along very nicely. Yeah, and, and again, we got some insight. One of the things that we've uh, complained about, I think, over the, the first three seasons was uh, Beast Boy Garfield. Um, really, they really didn't do much with his character and his powers over the first three seasons. The only thing he ever turned into was a tiger. Yeah, and now he's. He's turned into other things here recently, and he's getting some insight into why he has these powers. Yeah. And, you know, he's a Native American. They, they've painted him as a Native American character and, and his Native Navajo. American. Yeah, not Native American history is really some of the, uh, what they call him, like a skinwalker. Skinwalker, yep. yeah. So, uh, you know, somebody that could change shapes. And, yeah, and, and so he's shapeshifter. Getting, I think he's... Uh, his ancestors are speaking to him now in the episode, which is to help kind of him, yeah. yeah, helping them out. So that's very cool. Really cool. I thought that was great with the episode. Uh, Raven doesn't have her powers. They've been stolen by Mother Mayhem and, and stored in some crystal. We don't know what for, yeah. or, you know, and so there's a lot of a lot going on. And and again, I think Superboy is um, he's confused, right? He wants to help out, but he's not really sure how. But I, yeah. I thought this episode was really, really good. So if you guys haven't checked out Titans, you really should. Um, again, some really good characters, and I think the actors they put in these roles are really, really excellent. Yeah, the story's not is decent. Um, it, it's not the greatest show, uh, but it's absolutely worth watching, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and I'm I'm shocked at how brutal it is. Yeah, uh, and I think that adds to why I'm probably watching. It. Yeah, yeah, and again, the costumes are great. Yeah, um, I think you know the fact that we're seeing these DC based comic book characters. Uh, portrayed the special effects. They've definitely invested some money in them. Uh, I think it's really cool. So yeah, go go check it out. It's definitely and, and again, I I don't know how this fits into the larger scheme of things. I think thus far what we've seen from DC is they have these, I'll say HBO Max television based properties yeah. like Titans, Standalone. Peacemaker, yeah. um, uh, uh, Doom Patrol. There's a, a few other ones that they have, um, and I don't think they're gonna 
expand those. But again, I say that, and then Peacemaker had a cameo by the Justice League yeah. in, in his series. So will they ever tie these characters in with a larger DC universe? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, who knows? We'll we don't, see. We, again, one of the things we know that the Batman that's in this version of Titans uh, is portrayed by a different actor than we see in the movie. Yeah. So who knows? I don't know how, how tightly it ties in. But uh, again, it's probably just a lot a, of fun. A it's a good universe. show. Check yeah. it out. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into the news section. Uh, a few things that we want to discuss this week. So we mentioned last week that uh, Marvel and Sony were on the verge of an extension of the Spider-Man sharing agreement and an extension to Tom Holland. Well, that was made official this past week. Uh, he signed uh, effectively a six-picture picture deal. He's going to have uh, another trilogy, which we expected. So we'll have a Spider-Man 4, 5, and 6 with Tom Holland. Yep. And then he's also got three other uh, character appearance contract in his contract we largely assume at minimum he's going to be in Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Yes. The real question is, well, what's the other movie or right. project? And, and again, I don't know if it's necessarily a movie. Could he be in Daredevil Born Again? Right. That would be like super cool, right? Yeah. If, if he was in a street level Disney Plus show, right? Yeah. I, I mean, the amount of money they're paying him and stuff, I, I don't know if they would put him in a Disney Plus show, but... Uh, that would be extremely cool. I, I, we know Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. He, he's got to be in that. So there's two. We're just speculating on what the other film would be. It could be Fantastic Four. It could be uh, who knows. Um, but so you don't we'll just see. you don't just have somebody like him make a cameo, no. right? He's got to if he's no. in the movie, he's going to be very much entwined in the plot. Yeah, very similar to the way that. Uh, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. was in Spider-Man Homecoming. I think that that's the type of appearance that he would be very yeah. integral to what's going on. Well, we know he's not in Wakanda Forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we know he's not in Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp Pontamania because right. that's already in the can. I don't um, see him in Guardians. I, I don't, don't see him, him in Guardians. Marvels, no. Right? So we just don't know. Marvels would be a stretch. That would be a shock. So we just don't know. Captain America um, 4, maybe? I, that would probably be my number one guess uh, as the third movie. Um but we'll see. Uh, who knows? That would make a lot of sense, as a matter sure. of fact. Yeah. All right. Well, great for Tom Holland. Great for Marvel. Great for Sony. Great for us as fans. You know, yeah, he's, great for he's us. Fantastic. I love him as Spider-Man. And, and, you know, you, I, I think the world has never, I think, um, exceeded their appetite for Spider-Man. I think everything we get from that character is very well received right. and liked. And so the more we get, the better. So Correct. Great, great, great announcement of that deal. Another piece of news hit this week, and it really just, and I want to talk about this for a little bit, ramped up some speculation about what this means. Um, so Owen Wilson's uh, Mobius character from Loki is going to be in Deadpool 3. That that threw me for a loop. When yeah. I sent that to you, I was like, that's a, that's I love the character. And I said, I said, I mean, I love the character. This is great news. What was How? the first thing I said to you? Like, I said, why? why? Yeah, why? I said, why, why is he in that movie? How is he in it? So now there's all kinds of speculation out there about what this means. And I think we've talked about this before, about how they might introduce Deadpool into the MCU, knowing that he came from another universe. And we're like, well, this is the multiverse saga. Are they going to bring him from the Fox universe into our universe? And this is now he's just going to be here? Or has there always been a version of Deadpool here? We just never knew it. We're not really sure, but... Now that we know, we, two things we know for sure. Uh, Hugh Jackman and Wolverine are going to be in the movie. Yes. And Owen Wilson's Mobius is going to be in the movie. That is cross-pollination at the highest level. So we know an MCU-based character is going to be in his right. movie. Yeah. And it ven you venture to guess now that 
if there is a multiverse and the TVA that Mobius works for is in charge of policing the multiverse and these alternate, you know, timelines, um, well, maybe he is either hunting down Deadpool and Wolverine because they're doing things they shouldn't be doing or could Deadpool kidnap Mobius, you know, and use the TVA to his desires? You know, there, there's a big comic book storyline called uh, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe and there's been speculation out there that maybe they're going with Deadpool kills the Fox universe and he's using, you know, Cable's time, you know, jump system to kind of jump back and forth between moments in time in the Fox universe and basically effectively erasing it from existence. And he needs Mobius's help to do that. Or Interesting. he's doing that and Mobius wants to stop him from doing that. But um, there's been, I think, some speculation now that other Fox Universe characters may be in this movie wow. as a way to kind of have those characters be ended or that universe be ended. A so, little closure for the old yeah. Fox X-Men characters? So maybe even, I, I, I mean, this is a real big stretch for me, is it possible Chris Evans would come back as the Human Torch? Oh, wow. Um, or Jessica Alba? You know, as as the Invisible Woman, that version of of the of the Fox universe. Oh, I was version. thinking Holly Berry as uh, Storm. Storm. I was, yeah, yeah that, that kind of thing. Well, we could get that version. We could get yeah. the 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 McAvoy, James McAvoy version right. of the the X Men and some of those characters. We could get the New Mutants that yeah. from that movie. So maybe he's going to these different timelines and and fixing things or or you know killing things off that need to be destroyed. You know, I who knows? Yeah. I mean, this is it's just, early. Yeah, but the fact that TVA is involved does explain kind of the fact that they are going to be setting him in a different multiverse or a different timeline and then potentially him jumping some some to some extent. That's what I'm saying. Cross-pollination. I mean, it's crazy. It, it's going to be crazy. And I I love Morbius. What a character. And to have him back. Mo- not, Mobius. Mobius. And we're going to get him in Loki, too, as well. So how great is that? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be so interesting. Hey, does Loki 2 come out before Deadpool 3? Oh, yeah. Yeah? That comes out this summer, this this next summer. So, so maybe we'll get a little insight after Loki 2. Yeah, Loki 2 is going to be a direct follow-on to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So we're going to get that in March. And then uh, I think Loki Season 2 is scheduled to hit in the summer. So, nice. um Yeah, I mean... I think it's going to be a direct follow-on to what happens in Amen the Wasp, and I'm sure Kang is involved in, sure. in season two. But at the end of that, does Mobius hear something or find something out about Deadpool or that timeline or whatever? Who who knows? Yeah, Captain Carter. Captain good. Carter is our bane of our existence. Yeah, she, she's. Not I guarantee you, she will not be on the front line next show. <laughs> <laughs> she's been sure. demoted. We'll have to demote her until uh, what if season two? <laughs> We're kicking comes out. her off the Illuminati. She's yeah. taking a back seat. That's right. Um, All right. And then uh, another piece, and we're going to get into our Wakanda Forever review here in a minute, but I did want to speak a little bit about the the early box office returns. Again, it is Sunday, the day that we're recording this show. Um, So we still have another day left in the box office totals, but they are tracking towards a $200 million weekend. Uh, I think Thursday, Friday, and early Saturday returns already marked them as the sixth was it the sixth or seventh highest opening weekend in in Marvel history, which yeah. is pretty big. Um, so this this movie's good. I mean, you and I have talked about this. Whether people like it or not, whether the critics like it or not, whether the fans like it or not, whether you and I like it or not, right. um, it's going to do very well in the box office. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to do very well. We we called that very early, and it, and it should. 
Um, I, I think it was it's one of the most anticipated Marvel movies coming out for and it, it's the closure of phase four. Um, I think a lot of people want to see this movie and will multiple times. Uh, I'm considering going to see it again. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I think it's going to do well. I think I heard one uh, 180 million yeah. uh, north three, of 180 is what I heard. Yeah. And one three thirty uh, globally. Um, so that's already blown away Black Adam, I mean, or, or right up there with Black Adam after three weeks in the theater. So it, it's interesting. It's it's going to be a, a cash cow for sure. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think you and I predicted that this will do close to a billion dollars worldwide when it's all said and done. Um, I think people have been looking forward to this film for several reasons, to your point. Uh, I think one of the primary reasons was how are they going to move this story forward without Chadwick Boseman? How are they going to pay you know, a tribute to him and then kind of what is this whole plot with Namor and the, the Taliban. So, uh, yeah, I, it's going to do very well. So I think, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll still be talking about the box office for this movie, probably all the way up until avatar comes out in early December. Correct. Correct. I think this movie is going to continue to, and we'll keep updating our audience on where, where it's at for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into the review. Spoilers. Uh, yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoiler warning. If you have not yet seen the movie and you don't want to hear our thoughts, we will probably reveal some things that likely, if you've been on the internet, you might have already seen. But if uh, if you don't want to hear any specific details, tune away now. Come back and listen to our review after you've had a chance to see the movie. Um, we're going to give you our, our kind of overall impressions, and we're going to talk about a few things from, from the film as well. So, uh, overall, what, what did you think, Titanium? <sighs> Overall, yeah, I loved it. I mean, I I was very skeptical, and I had low expectations going in. As we talked about leading up to this, I felt like it was going to be a very long uh, memorial, uh, a, a funeral, a, a very long, drawn out, emotional, sad, big downer uh, of a movie. And although that theme was consistent throughout the whole movie, uh, I felt like the way they wove it in was classy. Uh, respectful, and, and I thought it did a really good job. Overall, I really like this movie. Did it have some issues that I have issues with? Um, yes, and we can get into my pros and cons. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. You know, overall, for me, I, it, it exceeded my expectations. And my to your point, my expectations were pretty low. I was concerned about this movie. Yeah, me too. I, I had some serious concerns about the length. I had some serious concerns about the storyline and the plot. Uh, some of the characters that were going to be in the movie, what they were going to do with those characters. Um, so it exceeded my expectations. Um, I liked it. I didn't think it was great. It wasn't one of those blockbuster Marvel movies. I thought it was It was really good. Um, probably one of the better movies they've come out in Phase 4, and you and I are going to rank our Phase 4 movies here uh, at the end of the show. But, um, I, you know, there's a lot of little minor things with this this movie that just got me. That yeah. just kind of bothered me. Really, and and uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of those. But I, I thought it was good. I thought it was it was good. And and so I I would I would put it as great. I mean, I thought it was great. So you, you think you it's just one thought, of your top ten Marvel movies? Well, that's that's tough. I haven't. If that's even what at I would that. consider great. Okay. Um, you know what? I I think it was. Not as good as the first Black Panther, but most sequels really aren't as good as their original films. But I think it's up there. I got to take a look at that. But I thought it so was when great. I, when I think of great, um, there are movies I can't wait to see again. 
There are movies that I will watch multiple times and have watched multiple times and never get tired of them. Um, like Endgame, Infinity War, the original Avengers, you know, um, the Iron original Man. Iron Man. Yeah. You know, these are movies, uh, you know, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Every time that movie's on somewhere, I'll just start watching it again. Yeah. You know, it's a, these are just iconic classic movies, and they are, in my opinion, great. I will see this movie again. My family wants to see it. I'm sure we're going to go see it again next week. Um, but after I see it twice, will I be like sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for the Disney Plus release? No. I probably don't need to see it again after I've seen it twice. I will. I, I definitely will. If it's on, um, especially on Disney Plus, I will check it out. And if it happens to be on like, you know, like uh, FX or something because they seem yeah. to play those old movies. I'll stop and watch it again. I, I really will. I, I thought it was that good. I, I really liked it a lot. Um, that's not to say I didn't have some some issues with it, issues that probably the movies that I have in my top 10 I didn't have. Um, so let's get into some of those. Let's, let's talk about some of the plot holes, some of the just challenges and issues with the movie in general. I, I wrote down a few on the show notes, but you, know, you said— You and I have the same issue with the major issue— that we both agree on, and that is time. Yeah, the movie was just a little too long. It was a little too long. It, I mean, it was a little. By too the long. time you get through twenty minutes of previews, which again, movie theaters, you, you got to oh, be it was reasonable. Thirty. Yeah, we we were half in that. We were yeah. It was a half an hour of previews. I mean, it it is. I mean, commercials and previews. Right. You have probably three three to four previews, then a commercial, then three to four more previews, and then another commercial. And then I'm like, can we just get to the movie? Yeah. It's really, if your movie starts at 7.30 and you are running late and you might not get into the theater until 7.50, you'll still be watching previews. So take your time. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't go get some popcorn. Exactly. Get, exactly. A, get a cocktail, whatever. I mean, you're not going to be missing out on anything. Empty the pipes. Go pee. Right. Yep. Um. But yeah, so but then you follow that up with a two hour and forty eight minute long movie, yeah. you know, on top of the thirty minutes of, of trailers. Uh, you know, we got out of there. Our movie started at eight o'clock. Well, the the screen started at eight o'clock. The movie didn't start till close to eight thirty. Um, we didn't walk out of there till well after eleven o'clock. Yeah. Um, it was just too long. There yeah. was. There were scenes in the movie that were drawn out where they could have shortened those scenes. Yes. There were scenes in the movie that didn't need to be there. Correct. They didn't move the plot along. They right. didn't really do much. But I feel like they felt like they should be in there, and so they kept them. Like, they could have been cut. Yeah, and, and, and some people are saying that the whole Ironheart and um, the Agent Ross and Val, those two separate things that were going on, really didn't need to be in the movie. Now, Ironheart, I get it. They needed to introduce her into this because Ironheart picks up right where What Kind of Forever leaves off with that character. That did not bother me as much, including that and, and spending some time on the Ironheart character and a little bit of story there and weaving that into did not bother me. What really bothered me, and I felt like it was gratuitous, and I felt like they did it just to uh, seek forward, maybe. And, and pay off some stuff that happened pay, before. Pay off some stuff that not only happened before but that's going to happen thunderbolts uh, specifically i thought the agent ross and val that whole connection and they really did not need to be in the movie he they really didn't he need could it. have been in one scene yeah right the first scene that he was in where you know he they they meet him in the woods and they're kind of they need his help to find riri williams and he helps them out 
And then, you know, for him to show up and then at the crime scene and then pick up the beads and and, and, and then for him and uh, Val to be back in his house. And it's just like, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was too much. You could have cut half of those scenes and still. Not even half. Cut all Val of could have been in one scene and it would have paid off her previous appearances in um, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Hawkeye. It would have paid them off. Yeah, and, oh, I didn't even think that. Maybe it was contractually. Maybe they had to put her in this movie. But she could have been in one scene. She yeah. didn't need to be in four. I get it. Right? So, or I'm, my opinion, she didn't need to be in any of it. Right. It, it didn't move again, the story forward. They were obviously a waste of time. setting up some stuff that they're doing Agreed. with. Yeah. with, with and we find out that they were husband and wife. Which they were is, married. Yeah. 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 Crazy. And she's the director of... I think she's the director of something. I don't think she's no. the director of the CIA. No, no. No, I think she's the director of something. Yeah. We don't know what she's the director of, but... Still... Yeah, I mean, very interesting. So we now we understand that at least um, the U.S. government will be involved with the Thunderbolts team because she is going to be running the Thunderbolts team, and she works for the CIA. So this and is she's be nefarious. A- There's something about her that's not right. Just her statement about you know, can you imagine if vibranium got and we had that? What what bad they could do with that? And she goes, I dream about it every night. I couldn't, I can't wait to get my hands on it. So it's, she's got a little edge to her, but it didn't need to be in this movie. So that, that was one of my big, uh, my big cons as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Too long. And those scenes really could have been eliminated. And you're right. Some of the other scenes that were drawn out for emotional and to build tension really could have been cut a lot shorter. Could have been like just a couple of, of sentences between two characters and then move on. Yeah. And it was like, instead it was a 15 minute scene with, with M'Baku and, and Shuri, you know, and yeah. it's like, okay. Yeah. We, we understand where you're coming from, right? You right. know, um, yeah, the, the, a lot of that. There's a lot of that. You'll, and you'll get this, people, when you see the movie, you haven't seen it yet. You'll be in, you're watching scenes and you're like, okay, where's this going? Why are we, why are we talking about this? See, right now? it kind of bothered me, but I get why they spent so much time on a Corier. I, I think that they kind of rounded that character out and they, and she definitely had a character arc in this movie that, that I think is setting up her, her special, her standalone for in the future. Uh, so I get that, you know, she's kind of kicked out of the Dormelage. Chances. That her series on Disney Plus is named Okoye and the Midnight Angels. Oh, <laughs> strong. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's, with, yeah. that's what they set up. Yeah. Um, one of the big plot holes that, that I, you know, and this just, when we first heard about what was going to be happening with this and we saw some of the trailers, I'm like, okay, I know there's water in and around Wakanda. We've seen it in the movies. Major before. River. Yeah. Um, but Wakanda literally is in the middle of Africa. Yeah. So when they show the meteorite, you know, the vibranium meteorite touching down on the, in the first Black Panther movie, it lands literally in the center of Africa. Yeah. Um, and now you have a water-based um, attack race of individuals who now not only we assume they live in the ocean. Uh, again, that's an assumption because there's beaches that they're walking off to and from to kind of get to where they, they live. So where are these beaches in relation to Wakanda? Um, how close are they? How can they get from the ocean to Wakanda? Cause they were coming in there with, by the way, most rivers that I know of are freshwater mm-hmm. and they're coming in there with whales and, uh, um, uh, sharks. Well, I, not sharks. Uh, 
the uh, um, orcas, orcas, oh, orcas and whales and all mm-hmm. these other that are saltwater animals, right. and they're coming up into Wakanda. They're riding them. They're like using them to traverse the waterways, and they're saltwater animals in a freshwater area. Yeah, I didn't. And that's and then literal. Wakanda at, at one point in time in the movie decides that they need to kind of draw out the, the, the Talakan. And so they, they get on this massive ship and this massive ship. I don't know how a ship that big gets into a river, but, and then it kind of comes up from underneath the surface of the water and they get on this massive ship and then it's in the ocean. It, somebody needs to explain how this all happens, mm-hmm. right? Like how you get to and from Wakanda, you know, to and from the ocean from Wakanda and how, saltwater creatures can survive in freshwater rivers. It, that just, again, it seems, and people out there probably saying, look, professor, this was obviously something they wanted to do for the movie. So they just made it happen. Right. You don't have to worry about the, the magic behind. Yeah, the professor, scene. there's a guy with wings on his feet. Right. Come on. Come on. Well, I mean, but it's just one of those things that Take kind it of for comic book lore. bothered me a little bit. I get you. That's you know, okay. It, it just, I get you. It just was like one of those things that's like, okay, if Wakanda were on the coast, I get it. Yeah. Right? It makes a lot of sense. Um, that didn't bother me as much, but I, I feel you. But that did not bother me as much. What bothered me is Umbaku in the king ritual. Like, what was that all about? Like, is he now the ruler of Wakanda? A lot of unanswered questions. What, what happened there? I'm still confused. So let's explain it to the audience. Um, near the end of the movie, um, after the whatever happens, happens. Um, they do, you know, they go through the whole ritual that that um, to to to, 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 Ch- to, yes. to, to T'Challa did. Um, in the pool where with he the water fall, yeah, yeah. yeah, where, where, to, where all the tribes are there. He's it's, got a, a weight challenger of the right, king, yeah. Right. And uh, you know, the ship rolls up, and Shuri's supposed to be coming up. Princess Shuri's supposed to be coming off, and Mbaku comes off and says, "Princess Shuri will not be coming today." You know, and um, I'm here to challenge you know for the crown. And so the assumption we make as an audience is. She has no desire to be king of Wakanda or queen of Wakanda, uh-huh. right? That she's foregoing the the crown um, and that he's going to be king of Wakanda in her stead. Um, does this mean he, he is the king? Does this mean that he's going to be taking on the mantle of Black Panther? Does this mean that she's going to stay Black Panther, but the king is going to be somebody different? So you, you're talking about river, freshwater against saltwater orcas. And, and this bothers me a lot more than that. Yeah. And, and, and I get and, and what you're coming from. And they never answer the question. They never answer that question. And, and that is, a, I think, is a huge plot hole um, that's wide open for interpretation. So really bothered me. Yeah. And, and one, so one of the things that, again, you and I have talked about this before. Um, Shuri did become the Black Panther at one point in time in the comic books. Um, and... When we first discovered, or at least learned, that she was going to be the Black Panther, um, I was like, wow, that was quick. Um, and, you know, when they made this decision not to recast Chadwick Boseman, I think it was, in my perspective, a gut reaction to the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Well, not only that, but a timing issue. I mean, they, they didn't have a lot of time um, 
to put someone but, in. But they came out they, they really fast and they, they said, did. we're not re- recasting the role. They also were kind of toying around with the fact of not even making the movie, pushing it off right. completely. Um, so those two things got shit canned. But you're right. Um, now, do you think that was a bad decision? Or for this movie, do you think it was a good decision, knowing how it ends? Um, my Again, my... I'm not concerned about Shuri being Black Panther as much as I'm concerned about um, her ability to command the screen. Agree. Right? Is that she was a relatively unknown actress prior to the first Black Panther movie. Um, she was one of the stars of the first Black Panther movie for sure. Standout for sure. I think she's an incredible Supporting character. Shuri, smartest um, person in yeah, the MCU. Yeah, I mean, and, and she played that role incredibly well in the first movie. Um, I don't know what the future of her character or the future of her as Black Panther is in the MCU going forward. Is she going to be the Black Panther in Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, or is it going to be somebody else, right. which we'll kind of talk about at some point in time of who we might think I think both be. of you, you and I both agree, and this is my opinion on the whole thing, is that I thought I didn't mind them not recasting T'Challa and the Black Panther. And I think the way that they went about it was kind of brilliant. It was very good, and it was great. Um, And I thought that she did an absolute phenomenal job. Do I see her as the Black Panther moving forward, going forward for multiple movies? No, I don't. She's going to give it up at some point? Not just give it up. I think that they – I don't think she has that – big movie star power to pull like could you see a movie just her um headline and movie no 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 i i don't i don't need and i think one of the reasons why it has nothing to do with her being a female or anything like that i think that one of the reasons why this movie was successful and why she was able to pull it off is because she had an incredible supporting cast like all the other actors and actresses that surrounded her in this film were all fantastic and you know we'll we'll talk a little bit and, about and you talked about how brilliant it was how they made that happen her dark side and the things that she was angry. struggling with, how angry she was yeah. and the things that she was struggling with she even told her mothers you know, you know that's just constructs in your mind no one was touching you mom you know that 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 kind of thing she's so angry about everything that's happening and, and we saw that when she took the heart shaped the 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 fake heart shaped herb and she saw killmonger and she was talking to him that re- then you realize what dark place she's been in and where she's going and that i think made it worthwhile for her to be the black panther in this movie i think that was a great incentive and a great um motivation for her to become the black panther in this movie right and i think she she had kind of been portrayed in the movie as somebody who needed to become black panther so that she could get revenge not only avenge basically make up for the fact she couldn't save her brother, which was, I think, something she struggled with personally. Yes. She felt like anybody that smart and that brilliant feels they could solve any equation, feels like they can fix any problem. Right. And she really took it hard on herself because she couldn't fix him. Very similar to Tony Stark. He always felt like he could fix things, fix the world. Right. Build a suit of armor around the world. Right. You know, and... Learn from your mistakes. Right. And and I think that that's something she struggled. But she wanted to become the Black Panther simply because she had to protect her her country. But also she wanted to avenge ultimately the death of her mother. Yeah. Um, which, again, I think Angela Bassett. Um, Let's talk about her for a second. Number one, huge star. Huge. I mean, just, uh, you know, just a big A-list actress. 
Um, and her portrayal of, of Queen Ramonda was incredible Stunning. in this movie. It was absolutely jaw-dropping. I thought she put... What a performance. I, I'm, I'm telling you, she was an absolute highlight. Shuri did a great job. That actress did a, a fantastic job. But one of the biggest highlights in this movie for me was the queen. Was her. Yeah. She was awesome. Yes. Um, and again, I think that that's one of the reasons why Shuri could be in the, the role that she was in in this movie is because she had... A strong leading lady. Like, yeah. Without Angela Bassett, I think her job would have been a lot more Oh, difficult. no shit. And Angela Bassett... Now, again, uh, spoiler for everybody... She dies in the movie, yeah. Um, and and I think that that was one of the tipping points for Shuri was I've just now I've lost my brother, I've now lost my mother, and I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, right. It was like a real like oh my god moment for her. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I and she, her anger and the dark uh, path that she goes down, I thought was brilliant. Uh, I, I really, it was believable. And you could just see it in her character. Um, from she wasn't no longer the happy go lucky, and I think that's a, a great reason why. I think that's a reason why they kept Riri Williams, um, you know, Ironheart so close to her in that companionship because, you know, Ironheart Riri Williams is basically her younger version, and she still has that joy of life, and she still has that spunk, and she still has that. You know, that kind of, uh, and, and, and Shuri is, is going down a dark path. So I thought that was a great yin and yang uh, in the movie for, for that. So let's talk about some of the bright spots. We mentioned one of them, Angela Bassett. Oh, yeah. And great performance. Talk about the biggest bright spot, the, what carried the movie. Yeah, I, I think Tina Huerta's portrayal as Namor, um, not only you and I had some significant fears that they were yes. going to do exactly with this they character, did what they Adam. did with Black Adam, yes. where they humanized him to the point where he was a good guy. He was a softy. Right. And they did humanize him. Yes. They did justify or give justification for everything that he does and everything he believes in and everything. You know, it's all about protecting his people. He, he didn't kill the princess. He showed her his city. He showed her his people. Um, you know, he, he showed her respect, but gave her a threatened gift. the living crap out of her though. No question. Yeah. Said, but he I'm going to kill a... the scientists and I'm going to come and, you know, if you don't want to align yourself with me, I understand, but your country is going to be the first one I, I destroy. Yes. <laughs> Basically, I, mean, I was like, yes. 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 Uh, it was awesome. What a moment. Um, what an know, absolute moment. Look, and I think that that is Namor in a nutshell in the comic books. He is. Very now, I think in the comic books he's much more vain, much more. Um, I, I want to say he's much more of an asshole than this version was in the yeah. movie. This, the one in the movie, I think they basically said, "Look, he's a bad. He, he's not a bad dude. He's not a bad guy, but he is willing to do whatever it takes to do what he thinks is right, and right. that could be." Destroying things, killing things, you know, and he, he does Punisher it several does. Thought times exactly in the movie. The exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, yes. Yes. They made him Namor. Yes. And that was the best part of the movie. And his portrayal of it. Awesome. And the twist, the telecon, the world building. Let's talk about the world building. Brilliant. That they did in a short period of time was so believable. And you were on top of that story. You knew exactly what was going on. You felt like it was so, now I wouldn't say realistic, but it was so believable because his portrayal and his story of it was absolutely fantastic. I the world the building was tremendous. That they, and again, Marvel's done a really good job of this in the past where they take 
you know, a, a history of a character and like, yeah, we're going to redo this because it fits into the plot of the movie we're doing and it fits into the future of what we're going to do in the MCU. They established the fact that, you know what, Wakanda is not the only place on Earth that has vibranium. vibranium. Uh, as a matter of fact, another piece of that same um, Meteor. meteor hit in the in the Atlantic Ocean and not only did it uh, did it create this whole other world it created an, another race of individuals yeah. um, and they, the backstory of this was brilliant yeah where her mother and this was thousands of years ago her mother was part of a tribe in uh, you know the ancient Mayan Aztec part of his of mother Central mm-hmm. America uh, she was pregnant with him at the time. Yeah. And smallpox was invading and killing the, her whole people. There, that's when um, Central America had been invaded by the Western world. Spaniards. And they, they, they brought smallpox with them and they were all dying because of it. And their God, the, the Jaguar God, spoke to them, right, and said, hey, you need to jump into this pool of water and go find this plant that's growing underwater. It looks incredibly similar to the heart-shaped herb, but yeah. it's now an underwater flower. Yeah. And you guys need to eat this. And when it when they ate it, it turned them into Atlanteans. They could no longer breathe air. They had to go. They basically were forced to go into the water. Right. And that's what they did. They they literally were like, oh my god, we you know they they somewhat died, but then they when they woke up, they could only breathe water, and they had yeah. to jump in the water to survive. Um, brilliant. I yeah. mean, that was just brilliant. And the fact that they explained why he, and he called himself a mutant, by the way, which was fantastic. Off the charts. Uh, but he basically says, my mother was pregnant with the, with me when she ate the, the plant and it turned her into an Atlantean or, or we'll say a Talakan. But it just, it changed me it because I was already me. human. It mutated me and mm. I was born with fair skin. I was able to breathe regular air. I have wings on my feet. I can breathe underwater and regular air. Right. And and so he explained that, that because she was, it's eerily similar to Blade. And, and mm. you know, we'll kind of get into the history of Blade. Blade is not a vampire. His mother was pregnant with him. She was turned into a vampire when she was pregnant with him, which is why he's half vampire. Right. right? He's a he's a hybrid. He's a hybrid because he wasn't turned himself. Right. But she was turned while she was pregnant with him. Almost identical to that. Right. This is how Namor was born. Yeah. Um, and it was brilliant. I yeah. thought that that was just so awesome. The, the Namor storyline in this movie is off the charts. And they it's created so this good. underwater city that was deep in the ocean. You had to the take- parallels between Wakanda and Telecon are so great. Yeah, it is fantastic and so creative how they are mirror images in each they, other. They, they both thrive. They, they both have this special technology, this special vibranium that sets them apart. They're both cut off from the world, and Namor has a bone to pick because King T'Challa opened up Wakanda and uh, allowing people told to, everybody uh, about vibranium. vibranium. Exactly, like the world would have never known what vibranium is or who had it. Until your king chose to, to, to go public with it. And give Professor the props. This is what he said This the storyline might be. That he was thinking that the kid from MIT, somebody found a, a way to track Vibranium and find it. And it was. It was Riri Wilson found a way to track Vibranium. It was this one machine that she built. And it was tracking Vibranium. And that's what led her on to this. And that's basically how the story starts. Yeah. The, the Atlanteans want the Wakandans to go hunt down this scientist find her and kill her yeah 
Because they're like, she's the only one that can detect vibranium. Yeah. She's the only one who's figured it out. And if with her gone, we're good. Yeah. Um, another bright spot of the movie I thought was Riri Williams. I thought she was fantastic. I thought um, the portrayal of that character was great. Yeah. Um, painting her as this incredibly brilliant young scientist. And she talked about how, I mean, I made this machine as part of my metallurgy you know, class. It's, I mean, I just, it took me a few weeks to build, but I, yeah. I just decided to make it. With, and it I, was a project. I would have made it faster, but I didn't have any parts. I had to go to junkyards to get them and stuff. Unbelievable. And we found out that she had been building her own armor in, in a warehouse and, and had been flying it around and people were seeing her on YouTube. She was like, you know, I'm, I'm YouTube famous, you know? And I thought she was great. Yeah. I thought her character was great. Brilliant. I thought, you know, them bring, funny, spunky, yeah. smart. Exactly. And the way that they. She's cute as shit. She worked with the Wakandans when they had to. I thought that was really, yeah. really good. I mean, she was a, a bright spot as well. Agree. Absolutely. I can't wait for the Ironheart series. I, I can't think. wait for it now. I'm more excited now yeah. about it than I am. Now, the whole Mephisto thing, the angle of Mephisto has got me fucking thrown. <laughs> like, I don't see that at all now. <clears throat> Now that I see who she is and how this is supposed to be, like her her Ironheart series is a continuation of Wakanda. We hear it's a direct sequel to it's, the Wakanda It's a Forever direct movie. sequel moving forward of where they left off with her. I, I what, what was interesting is they wouldn't let her have the armor, so she's going back to MIT without the armor, but she's got a kick-ass car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, her dad's car. Cool. Uh, it's really cool. I, 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 I agree with you 100%, Professor. I think she was uh, another shining star in this. Um, I, I thought it was great incorporation. Um, some people felt like they could have cut that all out. They only put it in there gratuitously to push the narrative of their show that's coming out. But I thought it made sense to me. I thought it was great. Um, well, and again, the explanation of her designing this machine that could detect vibranium brilliant. Was, br- was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant way to introduce her, right? You called it. You called, yeah. you called that way before, I think, before the script was written. So <laughs> uh, one of the other things I had a, a minor. Uh, so the whole Midnight Angels thing. The Midnight Angels are comic book lore. I mean, they are a team of, or an offshoot of the Dormelage that are these kind of badass that have a little bit extra technology. The suits, look, they're not good. Uh, I know they tried to make them comic book accurate, which they did. They just don't look very good. Yeah, I didn't and, mind and them. Too, too close to Iron Man suits and yeah. just like, you know, come on, a little, little too much there. I That would that one got me a little bit. Um the uh, the the one thing I think we need to kind of touch on is uh, the big reveal at the end of the movie. Yeah, let's talk about the end credit scene, and then we'll we'll close up our our review of Wakanda. Um, the end credit scene uh, I thought was brilliant, but it it opens up so many questions, and I, and I think they did that on purpose. Like it opens up so many questions. I, I personally, and I, I want you to explain it, but personally. This now, that was the one scene to me that made me realize, okay, their choice not to recast uh, T'Challa or or replace Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa and recast that role, the way that they did this makes all the sense in the world now why they did that. Of course. Um, And I think it was brilliant in that... Huge spoiler, by the way, coming up, so... We're not going to lose the character. And that that was my biggest thing, is that T'Challa... The Black Panther is a huge Marvel character. 
And yeah. for us to not have that character right. going forward in the MCU, I felt was a huge absence. Well, it, that left us open to speculation. Is he going to come in through the multiverse from right. another? Are they going to recast worst, him with another actor? Or another actor coming through into the six one six. The way they did this, yeah, it's pretty explains cool. it all, it's and it's cool. brilliant. It's pretty cool. So, uh, do you want to explain it? Or so, uh, King T'Challa got busy before the before the blip. And had a kid, uh, which I speculated. I said, you know what would be really cool is that before the blip, if he had a kid and then he comes back, but the kid is raised somewhere else and he's not really part of the storyline. But then at some point they reveal that he had a son that is going to be the prince and future king and future Black Panther uh, of Wakanda. So and, and that's what happened in this in this really cool after credit scene. So. Um, I, and I can't remember his love interest in the first movie. She played a huge role in this movie, by the way. Badass. Nakia. Went, Nakia. She, she's a total badass. Went in to um, where they were holding um, Riri Williams and Shuri and rescued them. That was pretty cool. That was cool as shit. Her, her little, because she's a spy, right? That's yes. what she does. And her little foray into Atlantis or Talakan to rescue uh, Riri Williams and, and uh, Brilliant. Shuri. Was awesome. Yeah. And she, so she played a very big role in this movie and I, I thought she was really good. So they, at the end, but she was working in Haiti when they found her in a, um, I guess a school for young children yeah. in Haiti. And that's kind of what she did. She did a lot of outreach. She was part of some of the black, the Wakanda outreach yes. programs that they had built. Um, but that's where she had been living for yeah. the last few years. And, With and her she son. And, we, and she didn't go to the funeral. And no. the queen called her out on it and said, I can't believe you didn't come to the funeral. I can't believe you didn't come to the funeral. And they were pissed off at her about not coming to the funeral. Well, now we found out why. Yeah. And, and it was interesting that not only T'Challa knew he had a son. But the queen knew. But the queen knew that he had a son. And they all kept it quiet away from the throne. So the way they did this end credit scene was really cool. They had Shuri. Shuri, we found out she didn't go to the coronation ceremony. And that's where M'Baku kind of like made his claim for the crown. She instead went to Haiti to visit Nakia. And she wanted Nakia's help with kind of closure. And one of the things that you do in Wakandan culture is when the mourning period is over, you burn the ceremonial uh, funeral garb that you wore during somebody's funeral. And that's kind of like the end of your mourning period. The release of the mourning, yeah. So she goes out on the beach and she puts her funeral garb from her brother's funeral on the fire. And she's kind of crying. And, and we get really, a really, really cool Emotional. montage yeah. Of scenes of Chadwick Boseman, and you know it's it's a very emotional scene, but then literally at the end of it, Nakia walks up and says, "Can we join you now?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And a little boy is with her, and she's like, "I'd like you to like to introduce you to my son." Um, and what was his Haitian name? Uh, it starts with a T. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember yeah. either. Um, but. Uh, but it means all saints or something in Haitian, I think. Yeah, but, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, so she he he introduces himself, and he, she's like, "Oh, that's a really cool name." And he's like, "Your name's really cool too." And and Nakia says, "This is your auntie Shuri." Uh huh. And she's like, "Oh." So oh, now shit. she gets Shuri understands that this is is T'Challa's son. Yeah. Right. And she explains, you know, we didn't want to tell anybody, and T'Challa knew. And we wanted to keep him away from the stress of the, cr the crown, the crown, the yeah. stress of the crown, the stress of of Wakanda, just to raise him away from all of that. 
And again, here's the brilliance of this. So the way they explain it is, and this kid's probably eight years old. I would yeah, guess. Yeah, seven, seven. seven or eight yeah, years old. Yeah. Um, and the way they explain six it is. Six or seven, I think. She got pregnant prior to the blip. Yes. Prior to the end of, Infi- of Infinity War. She got pregnant. She wasn't blipped away while Chadwick Boseman was. Yes. So for five years, she raised this child by herself. Correct. And then when he came back, he then could be part of her his, life. His life, yeah. Right, in his life. And so he knew about her and spent a, a, a few years with him, um, but had contracted this this illness. And she did mention, we were aware of his illness. We were aware that he was sick. And oh, by the way, that's another thing we didn't mention. I was really wondering how they were going to address the the death of the Black Panther and yeah. Chadwick Boseman. And they said it was a mysterious illness or he was ill and Shuri was trying to cure him. Yes. She wanted to create a synthetic version of the heart-shaped herb to cure him. Um, and I thought that that was brilliant. But we found out that Nakia and her son knew that he was sick and yeah. that he was leaving. Um, and they came to terms with it. But, you know, only the Queen and, and T'Challa were the only ones that knew about yeah. it. And then we found out what his real name is. Yeah, he, he said. He said it. He was really cool. He's like, I am Prince T'Challa, son of T'Challa, king of Wakanda. And I'm like, oh, my God, they did it. Yeah. So we are not losing T'Challa. No. We are not losing T'Challa, potentially, the Black Panther. So the real question here, Titanium, is how quickly will he become the Black Panther? How quickly will he grow into the king of Wakanda. It opens up so many doors and possibilities. You have a teenage Black Panther going through all these preteen emotions and things like that. Does he have the powers yet? Now, Not since yet. This, well, I don't know. Let me, let me ask you this: right. since she was pregnant while he was with the heart-shaped herb, does it did he get a Namor type of thing where he turns sixteen? Maybe he already has it, and he, he doesn't does already have it. Ceremony? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he's got the original heart-shaped herb in his system. Maybe he's somewhat of a mutant. So can we it, see it him up. in the Young Avengers? Could we see him in the Young Avengers? In a, a, a teenage version of Black Panther. Let's fucking go. Yeah. I mean, I really like the way they did this, and I this was and something that I was hoping. T'Challa, which is perfect, which is hey, great. This is a way to not recast uh, the character of T'Challa. His Chadwick's son will book. take up the mantle, and his, his son will retain the name. Absolutely. So, and what their, a great... their son in the comics was not named T'Challa. So that's one of the uh, the deviations they did. But again, yeah. this is a way for them to say we're not losing T'Challa. We're not losing T'Challa, the potential Black Panther character. We are getting a different version of challenge. It happens to be the sun. And again, Titan, all credit in the world. You called this, you know, months ago. I just, it was a dream of mine. I just, I really wanted it to be true. Like this would make sense. How are they going to do that? Just, there's not enough time. And then the blip explains a lot of this, you know, because that's a five year period. They can five year hold. Yeah. Right. And if she was pregnant when they first got together, it could be a year before they first got together. And then this happened a few years after the blip. He's now eight years old. He'll be a teenager before you know it awesome yeah i mean it really answers a lot of questions i'm really glad they did that yeah great great end credit scene one of the one of the best end credit scenes and, and there wasn't a second one so there was no, no allusion to any other marvel project nope. no illusion to any other movies no no previews no absolute nothing. final phase four movie and they did a great job on it so. yeah and, and, and again i think this movie did need to stand alone for a lot of reasons now we say that and we got 
Everett Ross and Val in the movie kind of teasing Thunderbolts. We got Riri Williams in the movie teasing Ironheart. So they did make some allusions to some future projects, right? But we got a Corey and Umbako tension there. I Okoye think he called her a, fired a bald-headed as, devil. That's yeah. what he called her. <laughs> but uh, Okoye was fired as the uh, captain of the general, general the Dora Milaje, yeah. uh, which I think sets up her potentially leading a separate team of the Midnight Angels right. and doing her own thing. And, and, Look, it, 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 there's some cool stuff coming down the road. And, and look, Ryan Coogler, um, I will give him an enormous amount of credit for... Oh. Not, I mean, what he did with the first movie was off the charts. No but question. the hand he was dealt here oh. to take this movie that he had written a lot of before Chadwick's passing. He had he written had the known, second script. It was written with, he, he with had, Chadwick Boseman. He had known nothing it, about the illness. Nothing. And also he had to pivot. And so to take his Not ideas, only pivot with the script itself, but he lost a very close friend of his. He was going through mourning himself. I mean, just brutal. And the pandemic. I mean, there was so much going were. on. And you could yeah. see that in the movie. Look, it showed in the performances. The emotion they showed. Yeah, every I one agree. of these actors and actresses, yeah. when they talked about losing him, you could see the real emotion on their faces in the movie. And so that's that, why I think it elevated me to a great movie. So yeah. the emotion. So I, look, Ryan Coogler, you did a fantastic job. And, and as we know, he has signed up for multiple future projects yeah. uh, with Marvel. Uh, again, we don't know about any motion pictures yet, but we uh, assume he will be attached to some motion pictures in the future. But we do know he's making some other Disney Plus projects, uh, potentially uh, an Okoye series, potentially uh, now uh, 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 maybe young young T'Challa series or something like that. That would be really cool. Put him in charge of the Young Avengers. Yeah, there you go. You know? So uh, anyway, overall, again, I think we were very pleased yeah. with the movie. We walked out of there again. I just the length of the movie. You people, you will feel it. You will you will yeah. feel the length. But otherwise, yeah. I thought it was really good. Yeah, me too. I thought it was great, actually. So all right, well, let's take a few minutes here at the end of the show. Now that Phase Four is over, again, uh, we did get to see the Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer in the movies. On the big screen, which was really cool. Yeah, was cool. And I'm super looking forward to that movie. Yeah. I can't wait for that movie now. Again, we're only a, a few months away from that, so that'll be really cool. Talk about blowing up an actor that's blowing up. Shit, he was in four? Three. He was in three trailers. Who's that? Three. Oh, um, John, Kang. Jonathan uh, Jonathan Majors. Majors. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah he's, he was yeah. in three trailers. Right. Creed three. That um, the World War Two pilot yeah, the Korean movie. War movie the, it was a yeah, Korean, Korean, Korean War movie. War, He's yeah. a pilot. Yeah, that and an Ant Man. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, he's, he's blowing up, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we got to see that. But that's going to be the beginning of Phase Five, right? So that's really yeah. the the kind of the continuation of this multiverse saga. Um, so at the end of Phase Four, now we've gotten all the Phase Four projects. Let's rank the movies. We already ranked the Disney Plus shows uh, last episode, but let's rank the movies that we... Seven of them. Yeah, there's seven movies in Phase 4. Um, and we'll, we, I, I don't know how you want to do this. Let's start worst to best. Worst to best. Okay. My worst, personally, is Black Widow. I just thought Same. that that missed on so many levels. Yeah. Um, it felt like they rushed the movie. The plot had enormous amounts of holes. Now, understanding they had an yes. enormous you know, problem with the pandemic and the release was delayed so much because of the, the pandemic and, you know, probably didn't do as well in the theaters and because of the pandemic and, you know, the release on Disney plus was early and simultaneous and all these other things. Look, you can give as many excuses as you want. I don't care whether you release it in the theaters or on Disney plus or simultaneous. 
it was not a good movie. No. I, and I think... I uh, love Scarlett Johansson. Me too. Love her. I, and I love the character, and I liked... Aspects of this movie were phenomenal. And their chemistry between her and Yelena, um, I think, was brilliant. But uh, Taskmaster, is, Taskmaster is not a leading villain. Um, uh, and I thought that the main villain, the Russian guy that was in control of the Red Room, was weak as shit. I, I didn't believe him. He didn't scare me. He wasn't uh, a big presence on screen. And I think that's where this movie missed. Yeah. I, it just was the one that I enjoyed the least. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so what's your number, number six? six? Thor Love and Thunder. Me too. Yeah. Same with me. It's just weak. It was, you know, as much as I love Chris Hemsworth, I love think him. his portrayal of Thor is just spot on and just yeah. so great. Some of this was a lot of fun. I thought um, Gore the God Butcher was brilliant. Uh, not enough of him. Um, but I thought Christian Bale did a great uh, great job of a weird, quirky type character that was going down a dark rabbit yeah. hole. Um, but the rest of it, it was too much comedy. Uh, the story was kind of jumpy. It didn't flow really well. Yep. Uh, and I think they tried to make it too much like uh, Thor Ragnarok, which was really good. But it was like Thor Ragnarok just with a different costume. Yeah, and, and, and the whole Mighty Thor storyline with the cancer story with, with her was... It was. I understand how they fit it in, but it was just. It just seemed out of place. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had a lot of bigger, higher hopes for this movie. Me too. And, and again, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, oh yeah. my gosh. I, yeah. I mean, I'd watch it again, but um, yeah, not great. What do you got at number five? Uh, Eternals. So, <clears throat> you know, this is. What's your number five? Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Really? Yeah. That's below Eternals for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So Eternals for me, I, I think characters were very good actors were very good story was a little weak um the whole kind of plot with you know the not interfering really bothered both of us huh not interfering really bothered both of us yeah yeah a lot of like why didn't they stop thanos why didn't they you know just a lot of the storyline didn't fit um i think i'm hopeful of what they're going to do with some of these characters from that movie in the future yeah we know absolutely nothing about what they're going to do we don't know where they're going to show up again right. we don't know what movie they're going to be in what tv project they're going to be in uh they made allusions in the end credit scenes with you know star fox you know is he going to come in we have no yeah. idea they introduced the the, the black knight right. uh which is a great character we know nothing about the future of him that that's so again. This was a movie that was very big that made some big promises that we just have no idea where they're going with yeah. them. And, and visually, it was spectacular. It was really well. It was yeah. really well done. Um, I thought it was really cool. The characters are really cool. Their powers are really cool. Uh, it, it missed on a few points. Yeah, missed but missed I, a little bit. Yeah, but, and the story's a little slow at times, but it was okay. You know, I I got it at number four. Uh, I got so yours, your four and five are swapped with me. Yeah, I, I think so you have Doctor Doctor Strange. Strange is number four for me as well. Yeah, I thought. Um, you know, again, the American Chavez character in this movie was gratuitous. I, I don't think it really. You know, they kind of fit her in there. Uh, the story was a little wonky. Um. I, I do like the way they portrayed uh, Wanda as the the bad in this. I thought that was cool. Uh, I thought bringing in the Illuminati and then killing them off was kind of bold um, and, and kind of shock value. Um, again, I, I like this movie. Don't get me wrong. And I'll, I'll probably watch it again. And I'm going to because uh, there's a couple of scenes in there that I want to make some notes on uh, for the future. Well, that uh, movie had... I- arguably two of the most important characters to the future of the MCU in that movie. Yeah. 
Doctor Strange, no and Wong. Yeah. Wong is in everything. I mean, heck, he was just in She-Hulk. He seems to be in everything. Great but, character. But Doctor Strange, I think, is probably the most pivotal character in a lot of what Marvel's doing going forward. Not just with, you know, Kang and Secret Wars and but you know, art again, we've talked about this, you know, potentially doing a Midnight Suns and a lot of things and, and you know, having a, an actor like Benedict Cumberbatch play that role. I mean, we know there's gonna be a Doctor Strange three uh, we assume that Clea is going to be in it, and they're going to be going back to the dark dimension. Yeah, you, or something. we got to bring him back. Yeah, he, he's just too big of an actor. Yeah, he'll, he'll, so but he'll be in all the big yeah. movies. I'm sure. You know, give me more Wong. Yeah, give Wong me, is great. Wong can't be Wong. <laughs> can't you know, go you, wrong you, with more, Wong. No, no, too much Wong is not wrong. <laughs> um, another a character like Wong that I want to see very badly is Darcy and Agent. Um, oh my God, his, his name Kim. The, no. No, does the card trick. Yeah, I know who you are. Oh, my God, from Ant-Man. Yeah. He's so great. Yeah. Those two, the chemistry between those two, I'd love to see like a, um, almost like, um, uh, what's that? X- uh, sh- X-Files. X-Files. Yeah. How cool would that be? Like, they do like superhero X-Files and, and those two work together. Ah, that'd be cool. That'd be a great show. That'd be a really cool show. Woo. Yes, Agent Woo. Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. Yeah. I love him. Give me Wong, give me Woo. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that movie missed a little bit for us. Again, not a bad movie, no, just not great. Yeah, I, I again, I like both of those. So at five, I got Doctor Strange, and at four, I got Eternals. Who do you got at number three? Shang Chi. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that that again to me, the introduction of the the Master of Kung Fu, the Shang Chi character into the MCU is great. Oh, um, great actor. I mean. Uh, nailed nailed, nailed the casting nailed it awesome nailed the casting i think you know again they did some interesting things with the 10 rings and actually making them rings and them being kind of like this superpower that that and again in the comic books not the way it is you know the master kung fu superpower is that he's the master of kung fu he doesn't have right he doesn't need these other things but i have a feeling this character has a Pretty big future in the MCU, and they're going to be doing some special things with and him. And the tale of that, the, what gives that away is the director of this has been greenlit for Kang uh, Dynasty. Yeah, Daniel Cretton is 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 directing Kang Dynasty, and which so, tells me Shang Chi is going to have a huge. He's going to be in it, and yeah. and and I, 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 you know, he will get another movie, I'm sure. Um, but I can't wait to see this movie. That is a movie and a character I. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing more with. He he just did such a great job with it. Shang Chi and the Ten Rings of Time. Is that a known? No, title? it's dark web title. Oh, okay. Something dark about man. the the Rings of Time. Oh, okay. Yeah, just FYI. Like In case it comes true. Hands of an hourglass. Yeah. <laughs> These are the days of our lives. I got it at number three too. All right. Yeah, that was it was easily number three. So for you me. and I got the first two probably yeah. the same. Um, number two for me, and I think this is probably obvious for everybody what number one is, but number two would be Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I think of all the movies in phase four, this is the one that came close to delivering on what I feel an MCU movie should be as far as like the hype and the promise of great action, great characters, great special effects, you know, just everything that you, and a great story. Yeah. Uh, again, the story was had to be adjusted so dr- dramatically with a loss of Chadwick Boseman. I think Ryan Coogler just nailed it. Um, the movie was, again, very good. Easily the second best movie that was in Phase 4. No question. And again, we all need to understand Phase 4 
the all of these movies were affected by the pandemic. Yeah. At least whether it's early in shooting, late in shooting, the, theatrical releases, whatever it might be, the pandemic affected all of yeah. these movies. I think Phase Five might be the first phase where we're not seeing some of those effects, uh, special effects, you know, houses that are delays and all kinds of other things. But Black Panther Wakanda Forever, easily the second best movie of this phase. No question. I have it at number two, too. It, it's right up there. And, and at number one, both of us probably have a Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say that Black Panther is a very close second to this movie. That's how much I wow. like the Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And That's a big statement. No Way Home is a huge blockbuster movie. It was, it had surprises, it had nostalgia, it was everything that a comic book fan wants, and I think Black Panther just almost touched it. Uh, I really do, and that's how much I like Stretch Wakanda for Forever. me, but I... I get it, I mean, but you got it at number Spider-Man two. Spider-Man No Way Home, easily the best Spider-Man movie ever made, easily, yeah. without question. Of all the Spider-Man movies that have ever been made, this is easily the best one. Um, easily in the top five of all MCU movies ever. Um, uh, Wakanda Forever doesn't even crack the top ten, I don't think, for me. But I, I, you know, I think Spider-Man No Way Home, to your point, is exactly. I mean, delivered on fan service, delivered on nostalgia, delivered on acting, delivered on everything. Yeah. Um, it was, and it, I mean, the box office proved this. I mean, it was. <laughs> Just one of the most successful comic book movies of all time, and deservedly so. I, I mean, that I'd watch that movie again right now. Yeah, like, and you put it on right now. Yeah, and, watch and, it again. and Tom Holland deserves that multi-picture deal after yeah. that. I mean, after his closeout of the trilogy there and the other movies that he did, um, they they have a winner there, and it makes sense to keep that going. I mean, Spider-Man, like you said, I'll is make a, a statement about the, uh, uh, No Way Home. Having Doctor Strange in the movie. Did not make it better. It okay. contributed to the storyline, but it wasn't like, oh my God, if he weren't in it, I wouldn't have cared. Like, literally, if he weren't in it, I wouldn't have cared. The movie was so good that it didn't need him. Okay. The other two Spider-Mans, if they weren't in the movie, would it still be in the oh, movie? Oh, no. no. that I mean, that was a huge part of this, <clears throat> it's right? It's a huge plot. Yeah. Yeah, right. huge part of that. And I, I think that that's why And Dr. all the Strange nostalgia villains. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, you know, this this was, again, just... Great movie. So awesome. You lost Aunt May. I mean, it it pulled on the heartstrings. It, it, it was a you tremendous... You cleaned up a lot of the things that I had a problem with in yeah. regards to the way that they were portraying Your Spider-Man. biggest problem was no one should know who Spider-Man is. His identity is the most sacred thing. Yes. Right. And they cleared, cleaned it cleaned up. Cleaned it up. I, so they did, it did everything. It did yeah. everything I wanted in a movie. And, and again, easily... One of the best movies we've seen in years, for yeah, sure. So. Absolutely. Well, Professor, great show. Let's wrap things up. The Bell Has Rung School is now officially over. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. Mm-hmm.